Praise be Jesus Christ. Please be seated. He who does these things will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Name the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. My brothers and sisters in Christ, today is Zacchaeus Sunday, and when we hear the Zacchaeus Gospel, we know that Lent is almost here. So we have to prepare yourself for the great season of Holy Lent which is that uh, portion, 10% of the year or so, which we give to repentance and cleaning up our lives and making restitution for the things we have done. But above all, it's a time by prayer and fasting to pray for the great feast of the resurrection of our Lord. It is also the feast of the three holy hierarchs, St. John Chrysostom, Gregory Nazianzen, and Basil the Great. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, so much I could tell you because these three men, they lived in the fourth century. And the center of the church at that time was actually Constantinople, because it was the Byzantine Empire, and they considered themselves the Roman Empire. Of course, Rome was, uh, had been invaded and it was awfully, uh, sort of almost depopulated at different times. And we always think, well, the Pope was in Rome. Well, he was when he could stay there. Many times he went to Byzantium. Sometimes they even locked him up. But at those days, there was just one church one great church in the Mediterranean world growing out. So the apostles went from Jerusalem to Antioch. Antioch, they went to other places in the world, and you know them by reading the scriptures, and you know from reading church history, how they spread the gospel for everywhere around the world. There were three great capitals eventually by the 6th century. Uh, <clears throat> one was Byzantium, the other one was Rome, which was older. And of course, eventually it would be Occam in Germany. And of course, in the 6th century, they'd put the capital of the Byzantine Empire in Ravenna in Italy. All these places are worthwhile visiting there's uh, a lot of history there, and you see lots about the, the early church in Byzantium. Now, why are these three great men considered so wonderful? There's another one, Gregory uh, Nisa, too, also. First of all, they all went to school together. 
and they studied the Triduum in the Greek schools, and they all spoke Greek, and they all came from very privileged families. They were aristocrats. They were very much taken with the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ. At the same time as they were on the scene, there were other people who were debating about just who Jesus Christ was. There was Arius, and there was Sibelius, and et cetera, et cetera. You can read that when you get a chance. But these three men, four, put down the doctrine of the church, the dogmas. They put down what they had received from the apostles. And earlier, in 325, the council, which was called by Constantine the Great, the emperor, the bishops met, and they gave us the Nicene Creed. And for the most part, they were defending what the apostles had left to us by the Nicene Creed, which was from them, although they weren't there, but such people as St. Nicholas, he's on the wall over there, was there, and some great people, as you read your church history, you run into them. Their concern was that we receive the gospel as was taught to us by Jesus Christ during his life and preserved by the 12 apostles. So we look at the New Testament, we're really looking at the memoirs of the apostles and what they talk about Jesus Christ. And uh, that's extremely important because that's the foundation of our faith in Christianity. And it's the monuments that came from them that we still protect and preach today. Now, I know I could question you and, you know, and I find out some of you, uh, you're, you're Catholic and you go to church on Sunday just like the early Christians did. They gathered on the first day of the week for the breaking of the bread. And in the Western church, they made it a law. You had to go to church on Sunday. But it's more than that. It's the teaching of the apostolic church. And they always gathered for the breaking of the bread. That's the Holy Eucharist. And what's so special about this bread it's the miracle of miracles, is it not? Because in the Holy Eucharist, we receive Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And especially, we receive it in unleavened bread, which was the tradition of the apostles. But the popes in Rome, uh, about the 8th century, they started using the unleavened bread. Reason being, their emphasis was on the crucifixion and the Byzantine emphasis was always on the resurrection. Every Eucharistic celebration was a resurrection celebration and we've been doing that to this day. So we are a particular church in union with Rome, but we do not follow their customs or their theology or their liturgy. We have our own, which was given to us by the apostolic community. It came from Jerusalem to Antioch, and then spread to Alexandria, down into, uh, further in Egypt, and finally uh, up into the Slav nations. And uh, that's our liturgy. Now, there are three liturgies that we celebrate. 
the liturgy of St. John Chrysostom, the liturgy of Basil the Great, two of the fathers we celebrate today, and the liturgy of James, which we do on particular feast days. Those are the apostolic liturgies. For the Roman liturgy, they chose things and they put it together, but for eight centuries before they did that, they uh, celebrated the liturgy the same way we do. Of course, we've always been more elaborate and our churches have always been more decorative because the church in uh, the Byzantine thinking is heaven on earth. So we have in the middle Christ, Pantocrator, enthroned. He's in charge of everything. We have the holy table when we, we celebrate the Eucharist. Behind the holy table is all, not always, but usually the communion of the apostles as they started under both species. And above that is Our Lady of the Sign. And the sign is the incarnation. So she's holding the incarnate one on her lap. But we are not here to have a tour of the church. We're here to just tell you where these, why these three men are so important to us. They're all saints. They are called fathers. And recently the Holy Father named uh, John Chrysostom the doctor of the Eucharist. And you can read his books. You can read On the Priesthood. And there's five volumes of his sermons. We have them. They've been saved from the early church. It's a, sort of a miracle they survived. What was their thrust? What was their driving force? What was their love? The church. And why? Because Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, had founded the church. And he gave us his teachings. Without Jesus Christ, we would know none about nothing. God cannot be discovered. God has to reveal himself. And still amongst us, the greatest revelation is of God to us, is our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. It's a great miracle. The body and blood of Christ, the bread and wine become Jesus Christ just as he sits at the heaven at the right hand of the Father. His glorified body is amongst us. And we are privileged, especially on Sunday, to receive these holy gifts of God. We call them the holy gifts. They had a lot of other things to say, these men, in defining who Jesus Christ was and protecting his divinity. But they also taught us the question to be asked, why? Why did he be good, so good to us? Well, because the Father loved us. He sent his Son, not like an oblation in the epistle of the Hebrews of goats and animals and blood of goats and animals and vegetables, but his very Son, was carnate of the Blessed Virgin Mary and of the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the third person of the Blessed Trinity. He sent his very son. His son had always been him for all eternity. But at one point in history, he took upon himself a human nature. Why did he do that? 
because his first creation of Adam, they had fallen. And it made him sad. As we can talk about God being sad. But he thought enough of us to send his divine son, the new Adam, to restore us. And to assure that we would be part of that glorified body, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus gave us baptism, chrismation, and the Eucharist. Baptism gave us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Chrismation made us worshipers of God, a priestly people, for they gave the royal gifts of faith, hope, and charity. And of course, the Eucharist is the very body and blood of Christ, which we eat in this holy meal and makes us part of his body. You were born because your mother and father conceived you, and the Holy Spirit came and gave you an immortal soul. He's in, and God is important to him that we, first of all, serve him. And with things I'm saying to you today is what the second gospel is about. These three great men served him, helped define the teaching of the early church, and protected the deposit of faith. All three of them were actually sooner or later bishops. They all died. Well, John Chrysostom got in a fight with an empress and she had him walked to death. I don't remember just how the other two died, but I think they all were martyrs. But to die for Christ was gain. To die for Christ was live life. But to die with, for Christ is a guaranteed entry into the kingdom of heaven. So these things, now, when you come to the holy temple and you worship God, you use those gifts that God gave you. But we should not only just come on Sunday. We can, there's other days we have the Eucharist. But in the early church, the Christians received the Eucharist every day. They did not necessarily have liturgy every day, but they, St. Cyril of, of Alexandria warns them, when you take the Eucharist home, make sure it's kept in a safe place. And they probably communicated themselves. But the Eucharist through the ages has been characterized. It's usually in the keep of the priest, but not so in the early days. People and priests were closer together because they were persecuted together. Sometimes you have to think, you might have something valuable. Young people, they get their first car, they work hard to do that. They get their diploma from ed or education. Uh, they, they buy something, a nice watch, a ring, and they're happy with that. And you're not very happy when it disappears or somebody takes it from you. So in the early church, the thing that was threatened them to have was the liturgy and the Eucharist. And they'd be taken away from Christ. They were not happy troopers. And many of them died professing the faith and defending the Eucharist. St. Stephen the deacon Usually, I don't know how many they have him handled, but usually in our church in Seattle, 
he's carrying a container with the, uh, the Blessed Sacrament. He was martyred, taking the Blessed Sacrament to the Christians in prison. And you know what happened to him. We read that on his feast day. You have to ask yourself, how much do I love God? If I love him, I will keep his commandments, I will do his will, and I'll always remember the community of the saints by being bringing the body and blood of the Lord in a holy meal, by never risk missing this assembly with the Eucharist. It's the great privilege we have. This morning on the radio, I listened to five o'clock news this morning, trying to get myself ready for the day. And uh, they, and there was a fellow on there, a, a writer of music, and he says, we have a new generation now. And I thought to myself, we have in the church a new generation of saints. And the old timers, yes, they've kept the faith and they, for the most part, made sure that the church goes from generation to generation. But sooner or later, you have to be the new martyrs, the new priests, the new bishops, the new monks, the new people, moms and dads, trying to keep your children in the church, teaching the faith. That's, it comes down to you. And I said, I saw, I said, when the monks came in, they helped me in the morning sometimes. I said, here are the new generation of saints. They came in. And they're young. We had two very young monks here. One's not professed yet, but he will be in May. He was in solemn uh, vows. It's wonderful. And it's amazing that uh, we have older people, too, that come to us, but they have so many young people. And they're thirsty. What they're thirsty for is Jesus Christ. And some of them don't know it. But you young people, you have an obligation, too, to speak the words of faith to your neighbors and your contemporaries. And I know you have a hard time with them because we're in a very secularized society. The early church wasn't easy either. They were dying for their faith. Last week I told you about in Rome they had a big plague and uh, people were sick and Christians have a particular notion about being good to your neighbor being helpful to those who are sick or in trouble, be having pity and having love for them. So all these people were dying. And so the Christians would go and take care of them, nurse them back to health. Well, they didn't get much of a reward for it, we would think, but they, most of them wound up in the Colosseum as they were fed to the animals or killed by the gladiators, quite a bit of them anyway. They didn't sort of remember it was the Christians who took care of them when they were having plagues and illness. So we're supposedly under this terrible coronavirus and what it's subverted into. They had those things in the old days too, Black Death, all those things later on. Don't be frightened. In fact, I I don't want to take the shot. I haven't taken the shot. 
So many people have taken the shot and then they get sick and die. So I don't believe in that too much, but I'm glad God has graced me with a good constitution thus far, and I've been able to live this long. But who has been with me all that time? Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. What has been the medication for my illnesses? The Holy Eucharist, the bread from heaven. Now, I thought about one time, I said, how can people even live without the Blessed Sacrament? I can't understand that. How can they live without the Christian holidays? How can they be so deluded to be not in love with the beauty of the Catholic Church? Don't you be deluded. You be grateful. And remember, your body, once you are baptized and chrismated, is part of the body of Christ. Some say, well, he's our elder brother. Well, he's much more than that. And he, our elder brother, Jesus Christ, feeds us on his body and blood to make God one with him. And you never have to be afraid. I remember when I, I was in the military quite a while, I'm a retired colonel, most of you know that, and I would, was a missionary. The Air Force wanted chaplains. I went, I thought I'd serve my country. And it was difficult sometimes. You can die, you know. Nobody really wants to die. That's why you have to be a Christian, so that even if you die, you live. Your soul is immortal, and there is another, another resurrection, you know. But anyway, I would go among these people, and they were like, I went to Air Force One assignment. I went to the radar stations on the dew line, way up there above the Arctic Circle. I didn't know I had the courage to do that, but I did t take a, uh, the uh, promise to serve my country and defend the Constitution, and I thought that was a pretty serious thing. I would meet, meet uh, people who had difficulty with that, and they'd, uh, even priests, they'd write their bishop and ask to be and get taken out of the military. I thought to myself, what kind of man doesn't keep his promises to his God and his country? Not much of a man. A wimp. None of the boys, young men I know were wimps. None of the guys who were doing priests for me were wimps. They knew their obligations and they kept them. Especially the obligation to live a pure life, which God loves, and those who are priests to their vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. So people say to me, well, didn't you, haven't you had a hard life? I've loved it. Your greatest consolation in this life is knowing you've done the will of God. And he loves you for that. And your salvation is assured. Walk, talk, 
the gospel. Live the gospel. Serve the gospel. They like these three holy hierarchs. Defend the gospel and be a man or a woman in love with Christ. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.